are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone, welcome to the Locked On Falcons and Locked On Eagles crossover event for this week one matchup between the Atlanta Falcons and Philadelphia Eagles. I am, of course, the host of Locked On Falcons, Aaron Freeman, joined by Lou DiBiase, one of the co-hosts of the Locked On Eagles podcast, where you can hear him joined on a daily basis by Gino Camilleri. And of course, we're going to be talking about this all-important week one matchup between the Atlanta Falcons and Philadelphia Eagles. Lou, welcome to the show. Yeah, Aaron, it's been a long time. We haven't talked since that uh, crazy down-to-the-wire Sunday night football game week two of 2019 when Carson Wentz was still QB1. And, you know, I feel like every matchup these two teams are in have always been nerve-wracking, you know, pit-in-your-stomach type of matchups, the 2017 divisional round, uh, week one in 2018, that Sunday night game in 2019. It's always a fun game, and I can't wait, man. I mean, football season's here, and these two teams have seemingly, like, they've kicked off the season together, what, three times since 2015? So it's kind of been a tradition a little bit going on. Yeah, it always seems like these yeah. two teams are matching up with each other either at the start of a season or at the end of a season. Right. Um, and, you know, they always seem to come down to the wire as we were discussing, you know, before we hit record on the audio. Uh, it, it always seems like the, that team that possesses the ball last is going to be the team yep. that winds up making the play that winds up winning the game. And I kind of think that this matchup might go a, a similar way. I think these are two sort of closely um, matched up teams. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is going to probably be another one that comes down to the wire that has every Falcon and Eagles fan, you know, with a pit in their stomach throughout the night. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, too, Aaron, because you look at I feel like both of these teams, they were playing for Super Bowls in 2016, 2017. They had that crazy down to the wire divisional round matchup in 2017. And now you kind of look at it. I agree. Like, this is probably going to be a really close game between two teams that are I don't know. I feel like Atlanta more so is they remind me kind of of where the Eagles were in 2020 before the season started, where they're still trying to maximize that window they have with their franchise quarterback, but at the same time, kind of rebuilding, I would say more say retooling on the fly, if you would, whereas the Eagles this year finally stopped doing that and they kind of closed that Super Bowl window and it feels like really hit the the rebuild button for sure. So it's kind of interesting to see these two teams that were at the top of the league for a long time and battling in some big matchups now kind of um, being more so in that tier three or tier four, if you would, you know, I, I think they're going to be competitive, but at the same time, I think both these teams are definitely resetting a bit. So it's kind of interesting to see. I mean, it goes to show how quick windows can close in the NFL and how fast things can change sometimes. Yeah. They say the NFL stands for not for long. Yep. And I, I think it's interesting to hear you say that Lou, because when I look at this Eagles team, you know, obviously they made the coaching change. Obviously they made the quarterback right. change. They made some tweaks to the secondary, but I'm seeing a lot of the same familiar faces throughout mm-hmm. the rest of this roster that I have grown accustomed to seeing uh, when these two teams have squared off in the past. And so I think it's interesting that you say that, you know, the Eagles are moving more in that sort of rebuild direction. Right. I don't think this current year's team truly reflects that, but it does seem like they're carrying that momentum and we may see some more substantial changes for that team in the future. 
But, you know, with that being said, what or sort of you feel like is at stake this season? Is this a year where a lot of players are trying to prove that, you know, they belong as a part to, to be retained as part of that sort of future endeavors? And I think it's a similar dynamic to the, the Falcons, because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people have talked about how even though you don't maybe have as sort of the big sweeping changes for the Falcons besides, you know, trading Julio Jones, this is kind of a feeling out year for the Falcons franchise in in terms of, you know, who's going to stay, who's going to go under this new coaching staff. Is that a similar dynamic for this Eagles team? Yeah, I agree. I feel like rebuilding Aaron is kind of the spectrum where you never go all in. It's not like some other leagues where you just blow things up completely. Right. I don't think that's ever how it is in the NFL. And um, you're right. The Eagles have cups, kept, excuse me, some of that core intact. You, when, when you look at like the Falcons, why I think the Falcons will be competitive this year. The main reason is they still, other things around him are changing, but they still have Matt Ryan as the franchise quarterback. Whereas when you look at the Eagles, a lot of things are changing on both sides of the ball and they're going younger at quarterback and receiver and running back and on defense at the second and third levels of the defense. But at the same time, the Eagles, why I think they're going to still be competitive is they still have kept that Super Bowl core intact when it comes to the offensive and defensive line. When you look at Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat with now you had Ryan Kerrigan up front. Um, on Javon Hargrave, and then the offensive line, you're right. It is a lot of the same faces. It's still the Super Bowl offensive line on the right side with Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, and Jason Kelsey. So I think the Eagles are definitely rebuilding this year, and this year is more about finding long-term answers, especially with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. But you're right. At the same time, there are still a lot of veterans on this team that have helped them win. And again, because, I, again, I don't think you want to, even when you're rebuilding, blow everything up. You know, veterans are a part of a rebuild. And when you have some things going right for you, for the Eagles, it's top tier um, play in the trenches. Even if those are older guys or guys in their prime, just because they're not 23 or 24, I don't think you totally hit reset just for the sake of resetting. You know what I mean? So in that case, it's, it's kind of why I think Atlanta and Philadelphia this year could be competitive because they are moving forward to the future, but they're keeping things intact from the past that are still going to make you good quarterback in the trenches there. And I think everybody would agree are the three key components to being a great team. Yeah. And I, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because we're, we're talking about the changes that these two teams have undergone and whether or not they've made the big wholesale changes that you would normally expect from a rebuild or a retooling or whatnot. But I think there's the way that this matchup is going to play out is going to be the same as it has always been. The Eagles have always been a team that has, you know, when they've controlled this matchup, it's been due to their ability to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And when the Falcons have prevailed in this matchup, it's always been because their skill position players usually outclass those of the Eagles. And I think this game is going to basically come down to that same sort of thing. And we certainly are going to get into some of the sort of specific matchups on those fronts uh, as we continue today's crossover episode. But I think it's it's going to come down to does the Eagles trenches play out a class, the Falcons skill position players once again. It really normally is that storyline, especially when it comes to the Falcons offense against the Eagles defense. I When you said that, I instantly thought back to 2015 when the Eagles were you know, showcasing new CB1 Byron Maxwell off this giant contract and for agency. And then Julio Jones just absolutely tore him up all night. Right. And then Julio did the same thing to Razul Douglas on Sunday night football in 2019. So yet yeah, if the Eagles don't hit home with their four man pass rush, even this year with a good secondary. And again, we'll get, like you said, into more specifics with the matchups, 
it, it really always is that the Eagles, they, their lifeblood, their lifeline is the offensive and defensive line. And if they don't protect it, if they don't get to the quarterback, the Falcons normally have the advantage when it comes to skill position players. And this year they're not lacking in that department either. Yeah, and it, it just continues the ongoing saga when it comes to Atlanta Falcons, which has been the number one concern of fans everywhere, which is when will this Falcon team get better in the trenches? And the Eagles are always a, a great litmus test to find out just how good you are because they will certainly play a physical style of football. And if you're not prepared for that, you will get exploited. Well, you know, it's funny, Aaron, too, and it's the opposite for the Eagles. It's like we've you know, seen this team always be good, it feels like, in the 2000s up front on the offensive and defensive line. But the question the Eagles have been asking since Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson is when are they going to have a 1,000-yard receiver, a 1,000-yard running back, whereas Atlanta goes from Roddy White to Julio Jones to Kelvin Ridley. The Eagles, I mean, they hope it's Devontae Smith, but it it is kind of the opposite with these two teams. The Eagles have been looking for that long-term help with the skill positions for a while now. Again, they haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver since Jeremy Macklin in 2014. I mean, that's seven years ago. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that is crazy because it just Falcon fans been taking their thousand yard receivers for granted. Every it's year. Question. Yeah. You know, Sometimes is, is Calvin, you have two of them. Yeah. If Calvin really gets, you know, the question is, can Calvin really get 1500 yards? Not whether you can get a right. thousand yards. Can Kyle Pitts get a thousand yards? Cause you know, as a rookie tight end, that mm-hmm. would be sort of uh, the, the jumping off point for the Falcons. But with that being said, we're going to jump right in to the sort of specific matchup starting off with the Falcons offense going up against that tough Philadelphia Eagles defense uh, with uh, Lou DiBiase of Locked on Eagles and myself, Aaron Freeman of Lockdown Falcons on today's crossover Thursday episode. Today's crossover episode of Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Falcons is brought to you by Manscaped. Attention gamblers of all shapes and sizes, our friends at Manscaped have a can't-miss bet for you today. The leaders in male grooming just launched their fourth-generation performance package. The betting odds are in your favor when you use the Lawnmower 4.0. Across the board, this is the package to get you in the mood for whatever your gambling heart desires. Ready to take the leap to male grooming royalty? Two million men already have. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKDOWN. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-R-L-A to take your grooming game to the next level, hitting a face and our listeners on Locked on Eagles. Manscaped also has a bonus add-in to their performance package with their boxers and the shed travel bag. These tools get your boys in your comfort zone before the game starts on Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whenever. And again, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at manscaped.com. So, guys, we are continuing our crossover episode. Myself, Aaron Freeman of Lockdown Falcons, Lou DiBiase here of Locked On Eagles. And we're talking about the Falcons offense taking on this Eagles defense. And this always seems to be the marquee matchup in this game because the Falcons have always been known for their offensive success. And the Eagles, when they have been at their best, have always been known as a defensive forward team. And, you know, one of these key matchups, we've already talked about it already, is that ongoing trench play. Uh, the Falcons, arguably their biggest weakness on offense is their interior offensive line where they have two new starters at left guard and center and rookie Jalen Mayfield at left guard and second year player, Matt Hennessy, both very untested players. 
Uh, Hennessy, you know, was a draft pick that I myself questioned at the time when the Falcons made it this past offseason in terms of his scheme fit and his potential talent level. He's going to be thrown to the wolves right away, uh, along with Hennessy, who's a player that played very little a year ago as a rookie. Uh, but when he did, didn't necessarily blow you away in, in terms of making that first impression. And they're going to be, as I said, thrown to the wolves going up against arguably the strength of this Eagles uh, defensive line with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. And, oh, you know, whenever the Eagles feel like it, they can also throw Brandon Graham on the interior if, if they want just to doubly exploit that matchup. So I, I guess my first question to you, Lou, is, is this Eagles defensive line back where we can really expect them to sort of dominate? I know going back to that 2019 game, a big part of it was mm-hmm. that they could not get effective pressure with four guys and they had to throw blitzes. And then the right. Falcons were able to really exploit that in the end of that game uh, with that big touchdown to Julio Jones off of the screen pass. Yeah, it was an all-out blitz on that play. I remember because the Jim Schwartz defense normally had to get home with four guys. Um, he did not blitz a lot, and the Falcons took advantage of when he finally went all in on the blitz. And so, yeah, it, when you look at it, the Eagles last year were second in sacks only behind Pittsburgh. And this year, that unit got even better. I think it was, I don't know if, if you know, but I think Arthur Smith might have said the quote about um, they asked about the matchup with Fletcher Cox inside. And he said, you know, everybody's got to get baptized eventually or something like that. And yeah. Um, yeah, when you look at obviously the main staples of that core for the Eagles are Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, but they're six, seven deep up front. And so that is the big test. Again, they got to get to Matt Ryan with Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Um, you have Josh Sweat. I think it's going to take a huge step in 2021. You know, you have Derek Barnett, still a very solid pass rusher. You signed Ryan Kerrigan. I think Javon Hargrave in year two with Philly. He looked, he looked dominant this summer on the interior. And then not to mention in the third round, you drafted Milton Williams, who I thought was one of the most efficient pass rushers in the preseason this summer. And that was on the edge. So you can, there's a lot of versatility with this Eagles defensive line too. You can move Milton Williams inside and out. Like you said, Brandon Graham, the same thing. I think you can do the same with Josh Sweat too in these NASCAR type of packages. So yeah, again, I think the Eagles defensive line is the key with this offense against um, Atlanta because in the secondary still, although I think it's improved with Anthony Harris and Darius Slay in year two and Steven Nelson as CB2, I still, I mean, with Kelvin Ridley there and Kyle Pitts, um, that matchup makes me nervous. If Matt Ryan has time, it really doesn't matter who you have in the secondary. Those guys are going to get open eventually. So the Eagles defensive line has to do what they've needed to do for years now and get to the quarterback with a four-man pass rush. Now you talk about that matchup in the secondary, and certainly, as you mentioned, the Falcons are going to present challenges there. And I think one of the big questions I have that I'm fascinated to see sort of how this chess match goes, you have on one end, Arthur Smith, the Falcons head coach, and on right. the other end, Eagles defensive coordinator, John Gannon. And both of those guys know each other from their days as assistants many years ago in Tennessee and sort of that chess match between them. But sort of specifically when it comes to this matchup, I think one of the big questions is, you know, for years and years, we knew basically how teams were going to game plan against the Falcons. It was, you got to stop Julio Jones. You can't let him beat you. And we're going to do that with bracket coverage. And teams would basically be deciding between one, you know, generally one of two choices, which is, do we put our best guy on him and and let him do the bulk of the heavy lifting there? Or do we just rely on our safety help and, and bracketing with, by putting maybe one of our second or third corner on Julio Jones and, and allowing, you know, particularly in recent years, maybe your best guy to shadow Calvin Ridley. And now that Julio Jones is gone, if you missed the news uh, several months ago, the Falcons hmm. traded Julio Jones. Um, you know, if you've been living on a rock for the last, you know, three months, you <laughs> might have missed that. Right. But 
you know, I think what's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles approaches, as well as several other teams this upcoming season, how do they now approach their game plan against the Falcons? Uh, do they decide to do, treat Calvin Ridley the same way that they treated Julio Jones? Now that you have a dynamic tight end uh, here in Atlanta uh, for the first time in a long time, you know, they had Tony Gonzalez early in Matt Ryan's career, but Tony Gonzalez was more of that chain moving guy, not a guy that can really stretch defenses and, and create major, major mismatches. Uh, and you expect Kyle Pitts to be, you know, too big for safeties, too fast, too athletic for, for linebackers. And I'm very curious to see how the Eagles decide to, to game plan against this Falcons team and sort of, I guess my question for you, Lou, is where do you sort of expect that to right. play out? Yeah, no, that is, it's always a problem when you have a tight end of that ability. There really isn't a, a perfect player on defense that you can match him up with. And so, you know, Julio Jones is gone, right? And he changes everything about the way you plan on defense. But I think when it comes to the combination of Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, you still need to prioritize stopping the passing attack here. And with the Eagles, with Jonathan Gannon as the defensive coordinator, he plays a lot of zone coverage, a lot of cover too. I think when you look at how they approach this, it's more so, again, I think it's going to be a lot of, you know, keep things in front of them. Let this four-man pass rush get to Matt Ryan. Just don't get beat deep. And I think that is a key here, focal point. I think you have to treat Calvin Ridley just like you would Julio Jones or Roddy White in the past. And, you know, he is a legitimate wide receiver one in the NFL. Darius Slay, the Eagles' top cornerback, said that today. And so with Ridley, I think you're going to see a lot of Darius Slay. You know, again, Gannon plays a lot of zone, but unlike Jim Schwartz, I think he's going to be a lot more self-aware with situational defense. That's where Jim Schwartz really struggled. And so I think you're going to see man at times as well. And uh, with that, Slay is going to be all over Ridley. And with Pitts, that's the matchup I'm watching more. Because like you said, you know, Eric Wilson, the Eagles' new uh, free agent linebacker they signed from Minnesota, a really good coverage linebacker. But one-on-one, I don't want him going up against Kyle Pitts. Alex Singleton, the same thing. The Eagles' uh, veteran long-term safety, Rodney McLeod, he might not play in this game Sunday. It's going to be a game-time decision probably coming off that serious leg injury last year. So you're without one of your safeties. I don't know, maybe they decide to have um, you know Anthony Harris go on Kyle Pitts a lot. But those are the two guys I'm honing in on because I would like to assume our defensive line in Philadelphia will have the advantage there. So just focus on not letting Ridley or Pitts just literally beat you like Julio Jones used to. So those are the two guys I'm keening in on for sure on defense. Now we're going to switch sides uh, and talk about this Eagles offense, his ability to match up with this Falcons defense. Um, but, you know, Lou, I'll give you the floor. Is there any other aspect, any other matchup on, for this Falcons offense and Eagles defense that you're intrigued by heading into Sunday? Yeah, so I, I was more so going to ask you about this dynamic with Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan, because I think you can see how much a coach can do um, for a quarterback, right? I think, you know, you look at what, he did with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. And I just, I was going to ask more so how different this offense might look without Julio Jones with Arthur Smith on offense. Now it's kind of interesting. It like, it's a, a rematch of these two teams, but things are very different with a new head coach, a new play caller for Atlanta and a completely new defensive coordinator for Philadelphia. It's going to be a different chess match. Yeah. I think with Arthur Smith, you know, he's going to pour it over as much as he can from that Tennessee offense at least that's the expectation you're going to see uh, a, a high usage of play action passing 
going back to where the Falcons were uh, several years ago when Kyle Shanahan was right. our offensive coordinator. Uh, you're going to probably see a little bit more reliance on their running game to sort of keep the offense on schedule and hopefully keep that Eagles pass rush at bay. That's one of the benefits of play action passing where it allows offensive linemen rather than sort of sitting back and waiting uh, to be a little bit more aggressive uh, and sort of misdirecting uh, that front four. And so I think that's going to be a key part of the Falcons game plan to try to slow down this Eagles pass rush. But I don't know if you can truly rely on Mike Davis to Mm. sort of carry your offense, certainly in the same way that Derrick Henry did uh, in Tennessee. So I think, as you mentioned already, the Falcons are still going to have to rely on their passing game uh, to move the ball, but maybe they can supplement that by, you know, maybe going with a little bit more of that dink and dunk style uh, to sort of supplement their running game. But does that play into the favor, as you mentioned, with uh, the Eagles defensive game plan, which is try to keep things in front of them and, and try to force the Falcons to have to sort of matriculate the ball down the field, as they say, right. uh, methodically. And, and that's not necessarily a way of getting uh, consistent success in the NFL. You want to generate those explosive plays and the Falcons certainly have the playmakers to do it, but can the offensive line hold up in that regard? So I, I think that's going to be one of the interesting ways that we see Arthur Smith and see how he manages to design up ways to, to generate those explosive plays. Is it a lot of what they did in Tennessee, which a lot of it was, you know, hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and let him do his thing. A lot of it was throw the ball, you know, over the middle to A.J. Brown on crossing routes and let him cook after the catch. Uh, could we see a similar dynamic with Ridley and Kyle Pitts? I think that's going to be a big question uh, if it's basically going to rely heavily on the playmakers to make those big plays or is it going to be the design of the offense. And that's an unknown given that we right. just really haven't seen enough so far of this Arthur Smith offense, given that he basically refused to play any of the Falcons starters during the preseason. Uh, and so just did not tip his hand in that regard. So I, I am also very curious to see what this Falcons offense finally looks like. 100%. I, I think you look at it too. That's why sometimes though, Aaron, I'm like, maybe you play press and you get up at the line of scrimmage. If your defensive line is having success and then don't give them those, you know, easy yards and give your defensive line an opportunity to hit home even more. But, you know, I think at the same time with the NFL teams are so tempted when you have weapons like that all the time to take shots down the field, even when you're playing off, you know, zone coverage. And so you could just kind of say, you're going to get everything within 10 yards. But eventually we think your offense is going to try to take a shot and we're going to be ready for that. So again, it's just that back and forth chess match is always fun to watch for sure with a team that has good weapons and then a defense that is stronger up front. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to continue today's uh, crossover episode by switching sides of the ball and talk about this Eagles offense versus this Falcons defense. Probably not as known a matchup uh, in terms of people's expectations, but I'm certain that Lou and I will be able to come up with some intriguing matchups for you as we continue today's episode. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. It's that time of year. All eyes are turning to football as the season officially begins today between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action you bet on this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100%, that's right, not 50 anymore, 100% welcome bonus 
when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Also, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo when you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between Tampa Bay and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL 100. Bet online, it's the fastest, the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Guys, today's Locked On Eagles is also sponsored by rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business. They've been serving auto park customers online now for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. And best of all, guys, the prices at Rock Auto, they're reliably low for everybody, not just for professionals, but also the do-it-yourselfers out there. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, and make sure you write down Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So continuing today's uh, Locked On Falcons, Locked On Eagles crossover, we're talking about this Eagles offense going up against this Falcons defense. Right now, probably not the two strengths of this team, not necessarily the matchup that you would sit here and say, hey, this is going to decide the outcome of the game. But it could because, you know, you have strength on strength with the Falcons offense going up against the Eagles defense. And maybe if one team can find a way to really exploit this matchup between the Eagles offense and the Falcons defense, uh, you know, it will wind up, you know, leading the deciding the outcome of this game in a major way. And I think for me, you know, we've already talked upon Jalen Hurts and and what's at stake for him this season. Can he prove to be this Eagles uh, franchise quarterback? Um, And I think the matchup between, you know, Jalen Hurts going up against Falcons defensive coordinator Dean Pease, which is probably the biggest addition that the Falcons made to their defense with just getting uh, an experienced play caller on that side of the ball, I think is probably the the most intriguing matchup for me because I know Jalen Hurts, one of the things that he did well, at least if you're basing it off of pro football focus grades, was handling the blitz last year. But he also has that tendency to hold on to the ball a little bit. People have concerns about his processing time and speeding that up. And I know Dean Pease is going to do his best to speed that up by throwing as many blitzes as he possibly can. And, and one of the things that Dean Pease said in his opening presser back in January was he's going to blitz from everywhere. Um, and the Falcons are going to try to disguise coverage. They're going to try to vary up their fronts to do, to throw as much confusion at the quarterback as much as possible. And, you know, for a veteran like Tom Brady, he's probably seen everything that Dean Pease has been able to cook up, but mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has not. He's only started what five games in his yep. NFL career. Um, and so I think the Falcons goal is going to be able to speed up Jalen Hurts, speed up that process and make him not be able to hold on to the ball uh, and, and maybe give that pass rush that is a little lacking on the Falcons side of the ball a little little bit more time uh, to, to get at the quarterback. Uh, I'm curious, Lou, from your perspective, how mm-hmm. prepared do you think Jalen Hurts is to deal with right. that issue? No, 100%. It's a great point. And I think this is a really good test 
for Jalen Hurts in his first game because the questions with Jalen Hurts have nothing to do with, you know, he loves to throw the football deep. We all know how good he is as a scrambling quarterback. But the question is, if the Eagles aren't going to use their three first-round picks they have next year on a quarterback in the 2022 draft or trading for a veteran, it's going to be because Jalen Hurts figured it out in the passing game. And that's the one part that right now, like you mentioned, the slow processing time, when you combine that and holding onto the football, because he's a mobile quarterback, guys like that like to hold onto the ball longer because they want to make plays with their legs. They want to get more meat off the bones, if you will. But when you combine all of that with, I would say, a a B-grade arm, it's just not really a good recipe, especially with a guy that, like you said, slow processing, doesn't really throw the ball with anticipation a whole lot, or he didn't last year. Um, that has to improve, especially like you said, for an Atlanta team that might not be, if you would agree, the most skilled in the secondary, they're going to try to overcompensate there with scheme. And like you said, throw the, the, the whole house at them. Um, so it's a nice test for Jalen Hurts to see if he can start the season taking advantage of one of his weaker matchups when it comes to a secondary um, and try to prove to the Eagles and fans and media members alike that he isn't just this scrambling quarterback with a low uh, ceiling when it comes to um, him being a passer. I thought he did improve a lot as the summer went along in that area, but this will be a, a fun test to watch. Um, it's not just on him though, Aaron, like you said, this is the weaker matchup for sure in this game. And the Eagles have a lot of potential at quarterback at receiver as well, but there's no proven ability. When you look at Devonte Smith too, as a rookie, uh, Quez Watkins starting for the first time in his second year, the sixth round pick out of Southern Miss last year. And then last year's first round pick, Jalen Rager still hasn't proven anything yet. So uh, there's a lot of potential and excitement there with those guys and Jalen Hurts, but no proven ability. So it's going to be a fun matchup to watch for sure. Like Devontae Smith against AJ uh, Terrell for sure is one I'm watching. Yeah, uh, that matchup specifically, if you go back to A.J. Terrell's college days at Clemson and, and Devontae Smith, obviously right. at Alabama, when you go back to that national championship game a couple of years ago, when you looked at that bevy of Bama receivers, whether we're talking about Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle or Jerry Judy or no, I'm sorry, Henry Ruggs. This was right. pre-Waddle, uh, but uh, it, it was Devontae Smith that gave A.J. Terrell probably of that trio of receivers the biggest trouble in that game matching up. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how he fares when they go toe to toe on Sunday. But you talk about some of the concerns that the Eagles have at the skill positions. One of the stalwarts of this Eagles offense uh, alongside the offensive line is the tight end position. And I think what's interesting is all summer long, particularly when we saw the Falcons having those joint practices against the Miami Dolphins back in August, we, we heard concerns about the Falcons' ability to handle the Dolphins' tight ends and guys mm-hmm. like Mike Gusecki and, and Adam Shaheen. And obviously, you know, the, the, the strength of the Eagles' passing attack has been that tight end position with Zach Ertz and D- Dallas Goddard. Um, and so if you have concerns about uh, the, the wide receiver position, you know, mm-hmm. You can still rely on the tight end position. And I, one of the big questions I have for this particular matchup is, is the Falcons ability to cover tight ends a concern? Is that something that the Eagles can exploit that they can bypass those concerns at the wide receiver position and just funnel the ball to their tight end position? And, you know, when the Falcons, uh, under Dan Quinn, the former head coach, uh, had a tight end eraser in Keanu Neal, a dedicated player to do that, they generally did a pretty good job covering the tight ends. Obviously, Zach Ertz in previous matchups had his fair share of, of plays in that game. So it wasn't sort of, you know, easy for the Falcons mm-hmm. to slow him down. But, you know, I think with Neil leaving 
uh, alongside Dan Quinn, they don't necessarily have a, a individual player that you would say, okay, his, it's his job to to cover these tight ends, whether that's linebacker Foye Oluwakan, Deion Jones, uh, safeties like Deron Harmon and Eric Harris, or do they use a, a bigger nickel cornerback like Isaiah Oliver to sort of do that? And so I, I do wonder sort of how that matchup plays out. Do the Falcons throw an individual player? Do they designate one of those guys? Okay, it's your job to right. stop Ertz, your job to stop Goddard, or do they rely more on scheme to get the job done? And how effective is that going to be? Because we know that the Eagles are going to do their best to exploit that. Yeah, right. For me, I again, I keep thinking with the long-term lens on when it comes to the Eagles. So a lot of the things I'm focusing on this year is Jalen Hurts, how he progresses as a passer, that you know young trio at receiver. But like you said, the strength of this Eagles team on offense and maybe the weakness of the Falcons defense is that tight end matchup with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. And then again, the Eagles strength on offense is up front, that offensive line. You have Miles Sanders in the backfield as well. Jalen Hurts' ability to run the ball. So I think new head coach, Nick Sirianni, his strategy this week, I would love for it to be Jalen Hurts throws for, you know, 300 and, you know, 20 yards and Devontae Smith tears up. But I think the, if for week one, getting this offense acclimated, they're really going to rely on what they know works. I think that's the run game with Sanders and that offensive line. And it's like you said, really pushing the ball to Goddard and Zach Ertz, who they surprisingly kept both. I thought they were going to trade Zach Ertz by the season, but they're heading in at least until the deadline with both guys at tight end. So I still think you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel, and um, because that, again, is what they know works. And Jalen Hurts really had a good rapport going this summer with both Ertz and Goddard. He targeted the tight ends more than those two, than anybody on the field. And even the limited action he had in the preseason on uh, the first game against Pittsburgh, he was targeting Dallas Goddard down the field, kept hitting Zach Ertz over the middle. So expect a lot of that, a lot of 12 personnel running the ball and pushing the ball to the tight ends as much as that might not be their best you know, strategy long-term, they know that's what works at least for week one of this, you know, brand new start. Yeah. Lou, we always get caught up in hoping for certain things to, to right. come to fruition. And when your job as an NFL coach is look, you, you play to win the game to, right. to quote Herm Edwards. And if your strength is your offensive line, your tight end yep. position, you funnel the game plan. That's your, probably your best strategy. If your goal is to win the game, mm-hmm. not necessarily prove, you know, doubters exactly. of Jalen hurts wrong. So I, I'm, I'm certainly curious to see how that uh, matches up. And, you know, you talk about the Eagles offensive line and we talked already about the Falcons, trying to generate a uh, pass rush via the blitz because I just don't have a lot of confidence that they have the, the horses up front to be able to generate effective pass rush. But we know that the Eagles offensive line has gone through some changes, you know, guys like Jason Kelsey and Brandon Brooks and, and Lane Johnson are still sort of stalwarts there. But I'm curious about that left side of the offensive line um, where maybe the Falcons might be able with the two sort of proven options that they have up front in Grady Jarrett and Dante Fowler. Um, do you feel confident about that left side of the Eagles offensive line or, or do the Falcons have a chance to maybe exploit some matchups there? Yeah, obviously not as much as I used to because you had a first ballot Hall of Famer there for over a decade in Jason Peters, but I really like new starting left tackle Jordan Maialata. The kid's only 24 years old. He has all the potential and the upside in the world. And last year he had a great end. I mean, this is how much they think of him, that they had a first-round pick in Andre Dillard in 2019 who they traded up for, and he didn't. He just didn't beat him out this year. And a lot of that was Dillard probably being a bust, at least as of right now in year three. But Maialata earned the job. And last year, um, in the second half of the season, he was a top 15 tackle graded out by PFF 
pretty much every week. So he had a really impressive end of the season when a lot else was going wrong for the Eagles, 14 different offensive line combinations last year. Mylotta was one of your only consistent things there along with uh, center Jason Kelsey. But at the same time, yeah, he's a brand new starter. There are veterans for the Falcons on that side. And I think that is maybe the, I don't know if you would consider it a weakness, but I think Mylotta and left guard Isaac Sayamalu are the weaker two on this offensive line. The strength is on the right side. So if the Falcons are going to try to get to Jalen Hurts on Sunday, I think it would be through the left side for sure because there's just a younger group there and it's just more inexperienced. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the Falcons uh, scheme things up because I think from a personnel standpoint, even though the Falcons have a couple of names like a Grady Jarrett and like a Deion Jones and emerging young player like AJ Terrell, you know, I think their success defensively is going to depend heavily on their ability to scheme things up and make the, the overall talent of that unit look better than what it is. And I'm very curious to see how that schematic matchup goes, particularly in in the situation as we've discussed already, if the Eagles go with a little bit more of a conservative game plan um, mm-hmm. and how the Falcons deal with that. And so I think even though this Eagles offense versus the Falcons defense may not be the marquee matchup, it as I said earlier, it could wind up having a significant impact on the outcome of this game right. if one of those teams is able to, you know, exploit it. If the Eagles can just basically say, look, we're going to run the the ball and Miles Sanders goes out there and, and runs for 130 yards behind this Eagles offensive line, it's mm-hmm. going to make Jalen Hurts' job a lot easier. And I don't know if there's much that DMPs can scheme. You know, if you can't stop the run, then there's no yep. scheme that's going to be able to magically fix that. Absolutely. And I think it is, honestly, it's maybe the weaker matchup in this game, but it's the one that I'm more intrigued about. Again, because I am more thinking long term with this Eagles team right now and the question marks are. Right now, they're on offense at the league's most important position, obviously, with Jalen Hurts. So this is the one I'm looking forward to the most, Aaron, and I cannot wait for Sunday. I can't get here fast enough. Absolutely. So we'll leave you guys out uh, on that note. And, you know, if, if you're looking to put a little bit of action on this game, currently the line on the bet online dot ag line is the falcons are favored by three and a half points Mm -hmm. i guess lou you know not to say that you are uh condoning certain uh activities but if you were giving the the listeners out there that do like to partake uh Mm -hmm. in that uh sort of where would you be leaning in terms of your recommendation there yeah i mean i think it's right that the falcons are the favorite in this game for sure i think when you look at these two teams when they play it feels like the home team always gets the advantage, right? The Falcons won that game in 2015, in 2019. The Eagles won their home games against Atlanta in 2016, 2017, and 2018. So I would pick the Falcons, like if I'm doing head-to-head. With that line, though, what would you say, three and a half? Yes. I might take the Eagles to cover that, but if I had to pick this game, I'm sorry, Eagles fans, I like Atlanta, at least as of right now on Thursday. But yeah, I would say uh, I, I'll pick the Falcons in this game, but I like the Eagles to cover that line. Yeah, I, I think I'm of the same mindset. I think the over-under is about 48 and a half points, mm-hmm. and, I, and I kind of feel like to take the under here. Normally, yeah. uh, historically, I, I tend to go gravitate more towards the over with the Falcons offense being able to put up a lot of points. But I think this is a game where you could see the Eagles defense having a lot of success slowing down that Falcons offense to, to the issues that we've already discussed, as well as I don't look at this Eagles offense, at least at this point in the season, right. as tried and tried and tested, uh, where you're expecting Jalen Hurts to go out there and, and score 30 or points or more. So mm-hmm. I, I think for me, you know, I, this could be a relatively low scoring game where I would be leaning towards that under on the 48 and a half point mark. 
Yeah, I'd agree with you. And again, you also just have to add in the uh, week one weirdness, right? I mean, week one is just always hard to predict and you never know how teams are going to come out of the gate, especially in a new format where they barely anybody played in the preseason this year. So yeah, we'll see what happens week one, but I would probably agree with you and take the under there. And uh, it just, again, yeah, week one is always different. So you have to add that into it as well into the equation. Absolutely. So that's going to do it, guys, for our first crossover of the season. Lou, I look forward to chopping it up with you and yes, Gino sir. on Sunday and seeing how all these matchups play out. And who knows? Maybe it'll just be a kicking battle. Uh, <laughs> and the, the, the result winds up being, you know, a nine to six type right. of ball game. Uh, but, uh, you know, as you say, week one weirdness is, is always apparent. And we'll just sort of see, you know, which team can get their season off to the, the best start. You know, Lord knows we can't deal with a tie uh, at this point in time. Uh, so we'll just sort of see how all things play out. Lou, let the people know uh, for the Lockdown Falcons listeners where they can find your stuff. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at D-B-I-C-L-O-E. My uh, co-host, Gino Camilleri, his account is at GC24 underscore football. And uh, you can subscribe to Lockdown Eagles wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We're doing video now as well. So, Aaron, I uh, love doing the show with you, man, as always, and cannot wait for Sunday. It's going to be a battle of the birds, and they're always good. It's always down to the wire. This These two teams always have entertaining matchups. Even if it's 9-6, to six, it's going to be close. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And so for you Locked On Eagles fans, if you want to check me out, of course, you can find me every day on the Locked On Falcons podcast. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, that is Falcfans. That's F-A-L-C-F-A-N-S. Lou, appreciate you joining me here for this first crossover. Always great to chop it up with you. And I look forward to Sunday. Thanks, Aaron. Can't wait.